This is the One Ounce Pour with your host, Drew. And Tom. In today's show, we have a very special guest. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and say hello. Hello. Perfect. I was just telling Tyler we don't have any intro music, so it's just awkward. We just start the show. No, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got made fun of for one of our intros, which is basically just me pushing buttons and then uh, Brandon saying, whoa, 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 don't touch me there. So... <laughs> I still think that should be the uh, intro to the show, just all together. Um, just to give Fully you, a, agree. yeah, no. Just yeah. to give you a recap of what today's show is going to entail. Uh, obviously, it's the one ounce pour, so we'll be drinking one ounce at a time. And uh, yeah, Tom and I will talk about our hobbies. We're gonna get Tyler to talk about his weird ass hobbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I need to paint. Yeah. I need to paint a picture of Tyler. So remind me to do that a little bit later on because uh, viewers can't see him, and I feel like they're missing out. One hundred and ten percent, they're missing out. <laughs> this is peak me, you know. I mean, here I am, mid thirties. Not really sure how I got here. Peak you. I that's, like that's that. pretty much all of us, man. That's right. I know. We're here. Which is one of the reasons, again, we have started this show. It is Sunday in uh, suburban Utah. We're down in my parents' basement, and uh, I'm away from my children and my wife. And so is Tom, and so is Tyler, and I think that's kind of the entire point of this podcast. <laughs> bingo, bingo. <laughs> bingo, bingo. What the fuck is that? <laughs> grew up in Utah, man. What do you... You have weird terminology. Oh, yeah. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Sorry. What the heck is that? Or what the frick is oh, that? Oh, the frick? Or uh, flip. Flip. Or yeah. Fr- yeah. Yeah, flip. Uh, they like that That's one. A lot of Mormons love the flip. What the flip? Yeah. I love how you guys are like, oh, they like that one. They, they. Like distancing yourself. Okay, I, I, I hear you. I see you. <laughs> how many times can I reference that I wasn't born here? I know. <laughs> As many, neither was I. Yuma, Arizona, born and bred. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. gross. You're bred down there. Um, yeah, I was actually born in Draper, Utah. And I'm not of that faith, so that's kind of, I guess, funny that I'm the only non-Mormon here in the room and the only Utah. Look at you. Look at us, breaking down stereotypes Man. right here. They, come on. You're that's just bringing people is. together. You know, erase everything I just said. What this show is about is breaking down boundaries. Today's word, boundaries. And what are we going to do to them, Tom? We're going to break them. No, we're going to smash the oh, room. Okay. The glass ceiling, everything. It doesn't matter. We're getting through it. With my friends. <laughs> anyway, uh, time to get into the meat of it because... It's we, hobby time. It's hobby time. That's right. It's hobby of the week. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited because Tom came in to the studio, which is what I'm calling this dark room we're in, and explained to me that he was excited about today's show because he has a hobby that he can't wait to share with you folks. So, uh, Tom... Take her away. Yeah. So my hobby for the week is uh, coaching youth hockey, actually. And let me tell you, Utah is a cold state, but hockey was never big here. And Drew, growing up here, I'm sure you can attest, was never around. I mean, you heard of kids playing it, but it just wasn't popular. 
Uh, growing up, most of the time, basketball was a big thing, but my my three sons, my three older sons, are all in hockey. My youngest two sons, their season ended yesterday, and then my older one, oh, there was a uh, little bit of a story with that. So this one kid kept throwing elbows all game long. Finally gets put in the box. Like, all right, finally. Kid's freaking out, and they're slamming his stick, stomping around. Boom. Gets topped off with another penalty. Hey, how old are these kids? 14. So hormones are raging. They're just like, ah, I'm going to hit somebody. And That's what they're thinking. Yeah, that's (laughs) pretty, yeah. At 14, I wanted to hit a lot of things. (laughs) Lots of different things. But, yeah, it's like they're trying to all establish the alpha male. And, yeah, kid's freaking out in the box, gets hit with an unsportsmanlike. I'm like, all right. So literally, because my kids, my guys, were getting hit, I'm like, all right, yes. Start cheering. Game goes on. We for beat him. You're cheering for a fight? or No, we're cheering because that kid got put in the box. Gotcha. Because you're, he was throwing elbows on all my guys. You're okay. just pumped that the refs finally called something. Yes. You're just I'm going, like, hey, man. Finally. I'm like, you. okay, good. You're finally calling something because, yeah. And this team has kind of a reputation for being cheap. Mm. So I was happy. I was like, all right, good. We're in the handshake line, which is traditionally like, this is where you all leave it out. It's like, hey, good game. It's all over. The head coach of that team goes, that was bullshit what you did. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, I saw you cheering over there. I'm like, no, it was bullshit. At that moment, the ref comes, flies in between us. He's like, hey, just keep walking, keep walking. And then, and then like, he's wa- I'm walking off the ice, and he's skating with me. He's like, I know that guy. He's a pain in the ass. He won't shut up until he feels like he won, so just keep walking. I was like, all right. So your hobby is dadding to the hardest. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're that hockey dad out there just like, yeah, I thought this was America. Damn right. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randy Marsh over here in the stands. I really am. <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> this was America. <laughs> so, Thomas, um, besides, and I want to I want to clarify something here. I, I'm really happy that you're one of those coaches that has a child that is playing in the sport. Right. Because nothing's worse than like a high school volleyball coach that doesn't have any kids. <laughs> what, you mean the Chris Hansen specials, I like to call them? Why don't you go ahead and have a seat here? <laughs> Are we referencing last show, too? Oh, yeah, by the so. way, this show is brought to you by Primitive Predators. Primitive Predators. We don't have a sponsor yet, so we keep uh, it's like throwing making... random. No, this is this is real. It's a uh, gator farm down in Florida. So, mm. yeah, you need to check it out. Check yeah. it out. I've been known to procure a few strange animals from time to time. So, right. yeah, hey. shut up right now. Shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great segue, by the way. I love that. I love that you're ready to segue into what we're going to talk about today. But oh. shut up. It's not your turn. I didn't say anything. I'm... Yeah, no, I mean... Who am I? Getting back to that, I will say this. Yes. Um, thankfully, pretty much every kid in my league, there's a team. They're like, there's somebody's kid is on the team. You don't have some weird dude that's like, I just I just like hockey. It's like, well, then go play in a beer league and have a 12-pack in the locker room afterward, dude. Like, that's kind of where you should be. But... Absolutely. Yeah. But then there's some guys who actually get paid in the in Utah now for coaching peewee hockey. Because I was going to ask you, you know, one of our follow-up questions is always, uh, how does somebody get into the hobby of X and your hobby as being a sports dad? Yeah. I think you just have to get a woman pregnant first. That's step one. 
Right? Uh, step one is yes, definitely getting a lady pregnant. Okay. Uh, step two is actually having a kid who is interested and not just the kid who likes to watch the butterflies fly around. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, um, you know, I have two kids. Yeah. One of them is my daughter, and she's very athletic. And I'm excited. She takes a lot of Bouchard genes. You know, she's mm-hmm. yoked for her age. She's like 99th percentile height, everything. I mean, we saw her coming in. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like terrifying. You were child. you were ready to get checked. I yeah. was. I was nervous. And then my son, he's a little bit smaller and everything like that. If he does get into art, or if he does get into you know, I don't know, ribbon dancing or something like that, I will bring the same tenacity and vivor to that as I will to like if he does football. I'm going to be that guy, body painted up, just like ah. Spin the ribbon! It's like out in the stands. I'm so excited for whatever happens with my children. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I was going with that other than I hope that you're not just a sports dad, but you're just a dad. Yes. Good. Yes. Good deal. Isn't that what being a good parent is, though? I mean, trying to be a good dad, it's just being there and being supportive in what they want or what they're I'll, happy in. I'll tell you what the biggest problem is. is like I think... It, I was probably one of the last generation where you grew up and your coach was like, you go in, if you played shitty at halftime, they're like, no, fuck you, get your ass out there, work harder, you know. These We're gonna kids work through it. You're going to play through it. Yeah, you can't do that now. Like, my own kid, if he's playing shitty, I'm like, or he came to me, he's like, dad, I do not feel good. I'm like, you take some Gatorade, do whatever you have to. I'm like, you finish the damn game. Whereas, like, the kids now, it's like, if I told them, like, listen, you little shit. You better fucking play, otherwise, you know, I'm not playing you the rest of the game. I'm getting emails, I'm getting calls, I'm getting having to write apology emails. It's a lot different than when I was, and having to adapt to that was probably the I know. It, you know, it's it's hard now because you really have to be constructive with these kids. You can't yeah. just blatantly yell at them and uh, make them feel little. You have to tell them like, hey, your stick work needs work. Here's how we're gonna better you. You can't yeah. just yell at them and hit them anymore. <laughs> it's sad. It really is. I think America's lost something, Drew. They really have. <laughs> a little more precision approach seems to be appropriate. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta narrow in on, on what needs work and then help them improve that. It's just it's it's a lot. Well the funny thing is is actually the Utah Grizzlies head coach at the time came and told us how like, hey, this is a good, effective way to coach kids now because it is different because he's like, Listen, I grew up again, same approach, but he goes, even pro athletes now if you come down on them like that they'll shut down and they won't play these guys are getting paid to do this and you can't take like the bobby knight or coach k approach like you've right. got to is it uh, is Deion sanders down there coaching at uh, i think he's coaching football at like yeah. jacksonville state yeah and i believe he recently made a comment along those lines like i can coach these kids i don't want to coach in the nfl i don't want to coach them because you can't coach them because yeah. if they they're getting a paycheck and if they don't do their job, guess what? They still get their paycheck, and that bothered him. And yeah, similar to what you're talking about there. And it was it was pretty interesting because I mean, just yeah, I don't know. It, it's just interesting how each generation is different. I mean, I'm sure that my old man's generation, you know, when they were like smacking him on the helmet or like you know doing whatever, it's like you can't do that even when I was. But then now it's like, okay, Johnny, now we're gonna try and do this instead of being like, what the hell are you doing out there? And a few times that has come through, and I've been like, well, where's the emails? Because I know I'm going to get them. <laughs> so besides just having children being the only uh, caveat to this, what does somebody do to actually get into coaching? 
biggest thing is volunteer. They're always looking for people. Even if you don't have a kid on the team, they're like, hey, if you're willing to help, come on in. Obviously, it's a little weird, but hey, if you want to help, that's great. Um, but And then obviously, don't something about the sport. I always loved hockey growing up. Just didn't have an opportunity to really play it that much. So I was kind of new what I wanted to do and then I also coached my kids lacrosse teams and that was a learning experience for everybody <laughs> I bet yeah <laughs> well cool uh, glad you shared the stories today I know you were very excited indeed <laughs> well it's a little bit better than saying okay this is how you get a nice saucepan and get, get, get it going <laughs> and the Korean fried barbecue is done <laughs> I'm still waiting for that show where we actually have an in-person cooking experience and i think that's going to happen once tom gets his uh video feed going so yeah once that happens man we can do it very excited for that um we'll invite all of our former guests to uh sample my food oh too. look at that we're just gonna bring them all back around that's all you had to say i was uh-huh. gonna say what kind of food do you like man and d- food okay <laughs> all of it <laughs> that's right maybe i should just start bringing wings on friday to ebay and everybody can chow down on that <laughs> there now. we go there we go my man <laughs> So my hobby is uh, I actually took Tyler out into the garage and walked him around some vehicles that uh, my father and I have restored. So he got to see a little bit of my hobby of the week that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I like to just tinker on stuff. And uh, Tyler, you haven't been on any of the other shows, so you won't know this. I'm a jack of all, master of none. So I have a lot of hobbies. That sounds like you. Yeah, a lot of hobbies. Haven't really mastered any of them. Just like to tinker around with it. Uh, Podcast being my my new hobby. So we'll see how far this goes. Not expecting to master this one. (laughs) I don't think think this is really a master. You kind of like just keep improving, you know. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I would say uh, one thing I like about my hobby is that I can go out in the garage, shut the door, and just start either pulling stuff apart or piecing it back together. Uh, One of my other hobbies that I'll go into in another show that I had growing up and I still have is Legos for the same reason. You just kind of zone into it and start piecing stuff together. Oh, yeah. Um, When I was younger, I would go out in the garage and I'd help my dad hear all the cuss words, dodge some wrenches, and... uh, (laughs) You could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. (laughs) I was kind of waiting for that one. But no, it's, it's just fun to see that hands-on experience and that hands-on you know, tinkering and seeing what it becomes later on. Because it's hard to see the vision when you have some old you know, rust-out truck and all of a sudden, you know, years later, it becomes what it becomes. Uh, mainly, though, I like it just because of that whole zoning out and just being able to listen to my music and it's my time and I get to do it. In uh, college, I was having a lot of difficulty through school, if you can imagine that. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I wouldn't say saved it, but I had a hard time taking a break from homework and going and doing something. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't have a hard time with that. I had more of a hard time taking a break from homework and going and doing something productive. <laughs> that wouldn't leave me... Uh, I believe that's called college, Drew. Exactly. That's pretty much everybody. And uh, I started buying these little Honda motorcycles and I'd build them on the front porch of my apartment complex. And I started with a, it was a 1968 Honda CT90, and I bought this 140cc race motor, and I just built this thing out. And then I turned around and sold it and made some money and then started going back into that hobby. But, man, I'll tell you what, it it's one of those hobbies I'll always go back to, and it's one of those hobbies I'll never 
quit, I think, at this point, unless my hands stop working. But I think I'll be able to wrench with my teeth. At that point, I think you got bigger problems than uh, your hobbies, Drew, <laughs> if your hands stop working. <laughs> right? <laughs> so this is a hobby I suggest to everybody because there's so many people out there that are always blown away by the mechanics of a car. And trust me, there is stuff I cannot figure out for the life of me. But the cool part is, is I think I could figure it out. Like there's nothing scary to me on a car. Right. I feel like if I if I dove into it and spent the time and started going through it, I'd figure it out and get to the next step and, you know, okay, that's what this does and okay, that's how I need to set the jets and you know, it just takes you to that next level of like you didn't know how to do it, you did it, now you know how to do it. So you're on to that you know, now I know how to do it. It's a new skill set unlocked, you know? <laughs> so did your hobby kind of come from necessity because I had to tinker on cars when I was driving Uber because I wanted to keep my cost down. I didn't want to take it to a shop. So I'm like, okay, I've got to figure out how to do this shit myself, which I did. But did yours kind of breed out of necessity or was it more just like, oh, this really interests me and I want to get into this? That's a, that's a good question. So I did not breed that out of necessity. Um, I think it was just because I knew it from such a young age. My dad taught me everything that I knew, and then everything that he didn't know, I'd have to learn. You know, so it's kind of like, and then he learned it. So it was cool. To, mm -hmm. Obviously, when I was like 14, he knew everything, and I knew nothing. <laughs> but like now, we go out in the garage and we tinker, and we you know start working on stuff, and we take carburetors apart, and uh, there's stuff that will bounce ideas off each other, and it's just a it's a fun experience. I actually hate working on cars out of necessity. <laughs> it's like the one thing that I can't stand when working on cars is when something breaks and I'm like, oh, I have to, or like doing the brakes. I hate oh, okay. doing the brakes. They're miserable, especially on new cars. You need special tools and just miserable. So That's why I loved my kids because I could do everything <laughs> with the mechanic set that I got from Sears. And I was like, yes. Drew, do you think deep down somewhere... That's probably easy question, but you know, there's got to be that connection to your childhood, like you said. You know, there, there's something between you, your dad, the cars, the smell of it. The, even when we went out there, I, I, there was a whiff of some sort of oil, and dude, all of a sudden, I'm going. It's like tickling the back of my brain on memories oh, from yeah. like a garage I was in as a kid, and I'm going, "What is that?" And I'm, I'm wondering, is that kind of there's got to be that emotional pull? I wonder in so much of the nostalgia up there yeah absolutely i think especially with cars because there are so many smells right and there are so many different um it's if you talk to anybody that works on older cars they will tell you their smell hmm. like i think my dad's is uh once you paint the engine the smell of the paint like cooking on the engine gets him for some <laughs> weird reason like that's his smell hey. for me it's like I don't know. I, I really like the the smell of like the break-in process of the engine, kind of similar to my dad. But just that, like everything's new, and you can tell it's about to smell a certain way or something. <laughs> um, tires too. I really like the smell of tires. Everybody hates like burning the smell. rubber, actually. burning rubber, yeah. or just like fresh tires. I love the smell of fresh tires. But burning rubber kind of actually makes me hungry. Uh, does it? Don't know if I should share that with anyone. But what does it make you hungry for? I just, I just get hungry. Like my stomach will like start to growl. Okay. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know. I was gonna say I know a few places they throw tires onto the fire to give that little mesquite grill. Uh, You're like I know. Sound. I know a few places that can make it taste like a tire. Yeah. Uh, so just to wrap that one up, uh, 
Uh, if you are interested in getting into the hobby of tinkering on cars, I would say it is it is literally just a go out and start tinkering on cars. Um, I would suggest starting with like a little moped. And I mean that's a two-stroke, 50cc. There's no gears on it. It's and if you break it, who cares? Who like, freaking just cares? Toss right? it in the trash or something. <laughs> no, but the cool part is, is you're going to break it, right. no matter what. I mean, you're gonna break something. You're gonna strip a bolt. You're going to crack your knuckles on a place that you didn't want to. You're gonna have to break a bunch of rust apart. I mean, it's it's work. It is not something that you just easily get to do. Even the most simple things. Oh, we're supposed to be getting people into the hobby here, Drew, not I'm trying telling, to get them I'm away from you, it. <laughs> well, a lot, I'm just saying, a lot of people could like that sense of, like, I'm doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing the work, and I'm... It, it's a fun hobby for people that like that hands-on experience. And I don't think that's dying out. I know that there's probably people that would disagree with me and say, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be lost on different generations. You're not going to see that as much. I don't think so. I think if you look at the surge, and I, I know I keep going back to Legos, and as dumb as it sounds, if you look at the surge of Legos sales during the pandemic and through everything, they're not going anywhere. People love it. And Cars is just that next step to Legos. And then eventually it breathes fire. Like that's, that's yeah. the cool part. And electric cars aren't taking that away either. There's a lot of hobbyists now that are putting, um, you know, like Tesla motors. If you go to evwest.com, uh, I, I don't know if I should say the uh, sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we would like money. <laughs> but if you if you go to evwest.com, they actually now make kits that you can put in these classic cars. And I think it's a Gateway Bronco now makes a, a couple different Bronco lines, like older Broncos that are fully electric. There's a lot going on in a car. It's not just... Well, isn't the new Mustang completely electric, too? No. So, the new... (laughs) That was a very defiant no. No. That's why I'm laughing. It wasn't just the no. It was how he said it and shook his head. It was like, no. So, I I don't even want this to be recorded, but actually, I kind of dig the new Mach-E is what it's called. The Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. Uh, I think the power is really cool. I think... The fact that they have four doors is dumb, but also cool for somebody like me that has two kids and a 140-pound dog. Like, that works for my lifestyle, and I want all of the Mustang feel and everything, so I I think they're cool. But no, they are still making the GT500, the GT350. They're making a Mach 1. They're bringing that back. Hmm. There is an electric... Mustang though, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, it's the Mach E. Okay, yeah. You were. I, I, I knew. Mean, yeah, I, you, I knew yeah. I wasn't. You, you were right on the money. I knew just, I wasn't smoking crack on that one. That's not the only Mustang out there right now. That is just a new version. Okay. Of the Mustang, four doors, SUV styling. Not. Uh, if they would have called it something else, I think I would have been way more on board. You know, and yeah. I. It's like you, like you're saying. I can see people continue to tinker. And with electric vehicles, there will be new things to tinker with and different things to change out and new things to soup up and that. It exists. And there, those kids are going to still be there. there. Yes, most things are instant gratification nowadays, but there are a lot of kids that are still like you where they're going, I don't mind working on a project that's going to take me a year and but, seeing the beauty of it being put together. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In the instant gratification part, just to pander to those people... It's when you first kick that moped over, and it, it sparks. It may not start up, 
but it sparks like you, you can hear it you know it gets that and you know you're on the right track like that's that instant gratification for me right it's it's almost there or it is there you know it just kicks for a start and you feel like a freaking pro <laughs> well and I think at the base of that I think everybody likes to work with their hands in some form or fashion mm-hmm. whether it's sports whether it's whatever mm-hmm. at the bottom line of it you are working with your hands in some form or fashion I agree. You know, I I think that people like to work with their hands in maybe not doing that, but there is something that they like to, like you said, like Legos. Things, things get done with your hands. No doubt about it. That is. (laughs) I mean, where would we be with all these hands? And now to Tom's second hobby. (laughs) Second and third. uh, (laughs) So great segue, Tom. Uh, (laughs) Again, That's what I'm here for. That's what I, I'm here for. I, I know I say this every single week about uh, being excited about the person that's here, but that's just, honestly, what that does is it says a lot about me. And I like to make my show about me. I surround myself with the most interesting and cool people in, on the planet Earth. I may not be the inter- most interesting and cool, but I can definitely point at the guy in the room that is because he's my friend. <laughs> 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 and uh, today's very interesting and cool guy is Tyler and to give you I'm trying to think how to delicately put this Tyler is my boss's boss and uh, which is you know like oh hey Drew's pretty brave bringing his boss's boss down what a to fool. a room and being like you want to get a little bit hammered and do my podcast with me but yeah, he's here. He, he was brave enough to do it. I'm very excited. Uh, I was brave enough to ask him. Thank you, me. Again, bringing it back to me. But um, it's, it's strange. When you see people that are interesting, it's almost like they have a glow about them. And Tyler's glow is the fact that you can look at Tyler and there's nothing. Like, you won't say a word. He won't say a word. And I don't know. Have you ever seen that the, the gif of... Shaquille O'Neal shimming to the kitty where he's like, you guys can't see me, but I'm shimming really well right now. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, like, I, I feel like I feel like you look at Tyler and you can't help it. You just start like shimming, like like half-cocked smile, <laughs> shimmy, like, hey. That's just his personality. That's who he is. Um, and then you get to talking with him and you're like, okay, hold up, what? To everything he says, because it's all very interesting, holds you on the edge of your seat. I actually went to uh, San Jose with him mm-hmm. for the, uh, I, what do you call that, eBay initiation? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, I forget. It's been so long, um, but it was kind of that orientation. They all flew us to San Jose, and we got to go down there and do the dog and pony show, but but the best part was just kind of getting to hang out and become friends with people, That right? was the best part. And it, it's so funny because Tyler started right as I started, I think. Like, we were, like, a couple weeks apart. Yeah. And uh, it's just so fun to... T- anytime somebody is like, oh, hey, there's the new guy, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to talk to him. I'm so excited to talk to him. Went up and started talking to Tyler. Then we went to San Jose, talked to him a lot in San Jose, and then went back to the office and... and uh, I don't want to say inseparable, but we were we were pretty inseparable. Oh, right? we, were, we were thick as thieves. We were tight, man. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's a very easy ear to tug. So, um, again, I said I'm gonna. You were supposed to remind me, but I reminded myself because again, I'm amazing. So back to me. I'm gonna paint this beautiful picture of Tyler right now because it, it, it's his whole personality, but it's also his image. Uh, during the pandemic, Tyler got a yee-yee-ass haircut, 
and stuck with it all the way into being promoted to being my boss's boss. Everything like there was, I assumed, and this was a bad assumption on my part. I thought, hey, this this mullet has to go away. <laughs> no doubt about it. I was like, this is he's gonna get he's gonna get promoted. He's gonna you know be in the upper tier of the eBay uh, management system, and they're gonna be like, yeah, you gotta get. You gotta get that that good missionary cut, you know. Try to get something. Yeah. Nope. Every every single Zoom meeting, there he is, just just mullet flowing. Like, do you have a fan on in your office that just constantly keeps it flowing? And you what? know, now that you say that, I I don't. But you should. But I should. <laughs> Christmas gift for, for Drew. Christmas gift for Drew. That's right. <laughs> also, um, I'd also like to state. Is it a Fu Manchu? What is do you, that what they call that? The biker Because it's not a handlebar. Because handlebar th- means like it's, you know, you're out and you kind of it, twist no, no, it. No, no, I don't, I don't this think. This is, um, yeah. What I you think said. it is a Fu okay, Manchu. So Fu Manchu sounds about right, you know. Was it the biker in the, who, who's the YMCA group? Uh, yeah, they have one. Yeah. Wasn't it the biker that had that look? Uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, probably. I hope you have that entire outfit. That would be excellent. That, that would be uh, also phenomenal. something else. Like another gift I would accept, uh, as Tom was mentioning. <laughs> you know, um, he's giving you know, hints here, buddy. He's I don't know if hints. that one is is work appropriate. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Drew, for this uh, YMCA dominatrix gift. <laughs> it just got me. That's the one. I, yeah. I like to call it like a, yeah. it's like a cattleman mustache, in my opinion. I think a, a lot of, cattle, I think a lot of cattlemen a, have it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So. Good. 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 So when I first started talking to Tyler about his uh, his after work activities, I discovered that he raises chickens, and not just chickens, but like the weirdest fucking chickens they make. Mm-hmm. Like he goes out and he finds the weird chickens, and then he raises those chickens, and and they make weird eggs, uh, collect their colored eggs. eggs. I don't know. And, yeah. I'm gonna stop talking at this point, and uh, <laughs> I think I've buttered yet plenty. Uh, Will you please tell our audience about your hobby, including the chickens? Because I'm, I'm very interested in the chickens. Yeah, we can. Uh, this is a good topic for me. I'm glad you segued me into this. And also, uh, I do this to every single guest we've had thus far. If this is not the hobby you want to talk about, I don't care. You're going to talk about what I want you to talk about, and then we can go into your hobby. No, look. <laughs> You were headed down a path that I was ready to walk down, my friend. Good, good. Um, so, uh, so let me start by saying this. You know, I, I uh, grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I do not consider myself a country boy. So here's the next question: Duke or North Carolina? Oh, my brother! University of North Carolina Tar Heels. That's right. And we put it on them last night. For anyone out there that is listening or cares. Coach that, K's that final was, final home game. Was that soccer? Did that feel a little bit good? <laughs> Drew, Drew you, you just stay over there. Uh, <laughs> all right, where, where were we going with that? Oh, yeah, I was going here. All right, these guys. Uh, not the, a country bumpkin. By the way, if you get me off track at all, you two have to be responsible for helping me find my last train of thought. Oh, okay? uh, trust me. We go down a lot of different dirt roads all on right, this one. All right, I'm not responsible for where this goes. Um, no, but uh, grew up in, in North Carolina, but uh, in in the city didn't grow up with a, with even a ton of pets or animals um i guess it's been probably five or six years ago my wife comes to me and says hey i have this dream that i haven't been telling you about i'm like oh gosh where is this thing going I'm, and i'm not kidding you i mean that's literally how this conversation is going i mean this, this is there's no i'm not playing this up um, you're, you're turning the pineapple upside down in your shopping yeah, carts and stuff 
I'm like, uh, what kind That's of fruit are we buying? <laughs> um, and so uh, I said, well, what is it? And you know, and uh, she goes, I would love to have kind of a mini farm with miniature animals and all that kind of stuff. Um, my response was, uh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You're probably crazy. We are city people. We uh, don't do that kind of stuff. You know, we live we lived in Lehigh at the time, so you know, right there in the middle of all Silicon of Slopes. Yeah. Silicon Slopes. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're doing the whole software stuff. We're gonna be, you know, looking like these bros out here, right? The Silicon Slope bros and stuff. That's what we were heading. That is a real thing, by the way. <laughs> that is an honest to god real thing. The polos, the the way the hats are, you see them. Flat, flat brimmed. You yeah. gotta have a flat brimmed hat. I got news for all of them. the the fun The funding money eventually runs out. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh God! What's gonna happen anyway, to us it, now? <laughs> anyways, uh, wrong. wrong uh, we're, that's another trail. Um, but. Uh, so I'll, I'll just tell you, fellas. I'm not not ashamed to say it, but man, uh, my wife is just center of my life. I just I think that you just talking with you guys already. You know, you feel the same way about your women, um, and you'll do anything for them, even sell your house, move even further away from work, and buy a bunch of animals. And so that's kind of what we did. We uh, we started out like like you said, Drew, with. Um, three chickens and then slowly over time it just kind of starts if if you know a chicken person they'll call it chicken math where like you're like oh let's just get a couple extra chickens and you but you buy extras thinking some will die but they don't that's the secret they don't die and and they just keep living and so then you end up with all these chickens my friend and so now luckily it has been fun we have uh we have 21 chickens now my wife is is uh really into all like kind of getting different chickens and the different breeds and they have different sizes and colors and all this stuff and um it's a real fun hobby that's kind of the beginning of the hobby uh drew i you know i don't know how much i've told you about how the farm has grown i know that you have spiraled out of control that's that's what I know. It's true. I've I've watched your mullet grow. I've watched your your funky mustache day. Um, I've heard stories of alpacas. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I don't have any uh, social media, so I can't I can't be that guy that's like I stalked you on the web. Yeah. But uh, I had other people do it for me, and found your you rent. But you wouldn't believe you, you what rent people alpacas? will rent. My man. You do though. I do. You rent them out. I rent them out. Now, just to be clear, uh, these alpacas are safe when you rent them out? They are safe. Okay. Yeah, we and, love uh, these guys. You're, you're renting them out to bar mitzvahs? But we, we'll do. I'm, you know, I am looking for my first bar mitzvah now that you say it. Um, I don't know how many of those you're going to find here in Utah, but if you find one, I want to go. You want to yeah, go too? Yeah, yeah I want to go. Uh, best food you'll ever have, guaranteed. Oh, no doubt about guaranteed. it. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the alpaca stuff. So, I'll, so we'll kind of continue the story a little bit. Went from chickens. We didn't jump straight to alpacas. Um, we went from chickens to goats. I knew about the goat. Actually, I should have said the goats because I knew about the goat. And they're they're weird goats too, right? You collect weird chickens, weird the, goats. Dude, you know it, man. So we <laughs> are kind of into the interesting, are unique they, stuff. Hold on, I want to see if I can remember this. They're not fainting, or are they? Fa- they're pygmy, though, right? They're half pygmy. Half pygmy. 
So yeah, so you have two different breeds of goats here. See, you guys are going to get like this whole level of weird knowledge. This that you is don't that's what we're here for. This is what we're here for. All, <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> Let me provide you the data dump. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, we have we have uh, they're called pygora goats. So they are half pygmy, half angora, and so they're just kind of a smaller version of an angora. And angoras, and look, if someone tries to fact check me on this, you know, easy there. Um, but uh, my goats produce fiber, so you kind of have you have milk goats, you know, goats that you milk. You have meat goats, and then you have fiber goats. So for all their, you know, that fiber. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, we had to shear them down. We got those because um, I initially i think my wife thought hey this is really what i want to get into like she does crocheting as well she thought hey i'm going to take this fiber we're going to learn how to process it we'll turn it into yarn i'll crochet that process by the way very difficult um and so i, I don't want to stop you here yeah, but go ahead please i, I feel like we just need to stop the show and uh i think your wife is the person we need to be here <laughs> Far more interesting than I am. <laughs> far more. I think like, that's kind of the way she, for everybody. She has all, oh, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Look, she has the cool dreams. I'm, I'm like the guy on the Italian job when they get all the money and then he steals it, and then, you know what I'm talking about. And then he has no creativity and he just buys all the stuff that everyone else said they wanted to buy. That is me in this situation. So you missed the whole introduction to this. Like, I think it was episode one or something like that. I was like, the whole reason I get into hobbies is because people talk about their hobbies. And I'm like, yes, yes, we're doing this right now. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, no, we're, we're, we're into this. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. I mean, that's how archery started. I heard somebody talk about archery. And then all of a sudden, I grabbed my buddy. And I'm like, we're doing archery. And he's like, what? So I hear you. I yeah. feel you. We're on the same wavelength and everything. It's just, yeah. So now here's the next question. Is One of my friends actually said that you get your kids into the same hobbies you have. Mm-hmm. You started to do that with your kids? Dude, we do. Oh, awesome. and, and, and that was actually kind of part of the deal with this whole thing. Um, my life is busy. I think I think everyone's life is busy, right? Everyone's man, woman, child. We got lots going on nowadays, you know? Um, but I felt like, hey, if I have to do this myself... Or if it's just me and my wife, this just isn't going to work. You know, we're going to need the help. And luckily, my little girls, they're, um, gosh, they're 8 and 11 years old now. So they're able to kind of help us out. They're able to, you know, collect the eggs, help us clean things, change the waters. They're kind of the little things. But again, you know, kind of like we were talking about earlier, teaching them responsibility, teaching them how to kind of grow and, uh, you know, and and really handle these animals. And so um, we went from this you know kind of chickens and goats are kind of one thing and then my wife kind of reveals to me like the bigger part of her dream which was hey i really would like some alpacas and i'm going i don't even know the difference between that and any of the other animals (laughs) that we have so i do have a question what's the difference between an alpaca and a llama oh man see my wife she really should be here she loves this question um basic kind of differences llamas are big um, they, people use them as kind of attack animals or guard animals, you know, to kind of guard their flocks. Sorry, wow. did I say alpacas or say llamas? I said llamas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah you're llamas. right on the money. Okay, llamas, sorry. Okay, okay good. Yeah, llamas are, they're, they're like 400 pounders. They're big, they're big animals. They're the ones that spit that people are, you know, usually afraid of. Yeah. My guys, they're alpacas. I have two of them. Their names are macaroni and cheese. Um, <laughs> that was one, see, now we're going to segue again. One of the other rules is we had to name all the animals 
I got to name them after barbecue foods. That's right, because you have a beans, don't you? Yep, I have a beans and cornbread, because nothing goes together better than beans and cornbread. Um, And and then we have Pepsi and pickles. Those are the four goats. (laughs) (laughs) And then then we have macaroni and cheese. The chickens, they just get whatever princess names my daughters give to them. I was going to say, do you actually name all the chickens? Because, by God, that seems like that would be incredibly tough to... Remember, yeah, we do. We they are all named. Um, my daughters and my wife could probably name all of them. I get a little spacey with a few. There's a few of them that sort of look the same, you know, where it's like, yeah, you're you're close enough. So I just hey, bird. those are the ones that go in for dinner. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the hard part about chickens, right? Is eventually it's going to be to be fed to the family. Well, kind of. Um, we won't ever end up eating ours. Well, well, what a lot of people do is they'll, mm, some people just call, like put them on Craigslist and someone will pick them up and you know, <laughs> take them themselves. Our chickens, you know, our chickens are layer chickens. They lay eggs. They they do have other kinds that are, right. you know, for for food. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I won't probably do that. I'm not down that path quite as far yet. You know, I'm kind of working my way into it. But, uh, I, I mean, I would love to eventually kind of have the stomach to be able to, like, butcher and like harvest my own animals and like do all that that would be really i, I cool. feel like that's yeah. your next evolution in your look in the look too yeah because yeah. like you have you have the you know the badass biker look but you have these sweet eyes that's right. your eyes are just so sweet i feel like once you start killing the animals that you're raising from like chick to chicken then you'll you'll deaden those eyes a lot and mm-hmm. you'll you'll have that complete look of like yeah, hey, what's up? I'm Tyler. You become the Undertaker <laughs> is what you do, and so because really what we do is because we currently use um, well we the guy that built my fencing for my animals used to be my Undertaker because um, he also had animals and so he was like oh yeah I'll kill your chickens for you because I had a couple roosters that were not great um, but uh, now I have my animal trainer do, do it and uh, that's super helpful. Oh, so. Nice. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Look, man, we're all just looking for someone to help us cut a chicken's I mean, head off, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a life lesson right that's there. That's right. <laughs> Could have a not-so-legitimate side business. All right, two roosters that aren't being awesome. All right, let's see who comes out of the, uh, the octagon. I am going to stay away from that one, you know? Yeah, I, I would say uh, that is... I think animal fighting is about... As bad as you can get. As bad as you can yeah, get yeah. at this level right now. I mean, as long as you're not also on a plane and going to an island that is run by Epstein, I think the... Uh, the chicken, the animal fighting is, is right below that, which I assume is also on that island. I just assume that's that's a horrible that's, island. You, you know, I uh, don't know much about that island, frankly. Good. Uh, good, yeah. Good. I don't think any of us want to know what's going on on that island. I think I'll just edit this entire part out there. I think the, uh, the running joke in the show at this point is that uh, I have editing skills, and I'm editing stuff out. And then people are listening to the show like, what part did he edit out? Because it sounds like everything's pretty congruent. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, somebody wants to get into your hobby. How do you, how do you start? I mean, yeah. it sounds like you started with chickens just straight up in your backyard. Were you, were you raising these chickens in Lehigh, or did you move to another lot to start the raising of yeah, the chickens? Yeah, yeah. We moved a little further out, um, middle of nowhere, Utah County. Um, and so... Yeah, it was just started with chickens, kind of, you know, and it's like anything, it's like any hobby, right? 
you when you when you like it, you read about it, you get excited to learn about it, you know, and then you go, okay, what's next? And you then you get the goats. And you go, all right, well, I want to learn about that. And you're on every forum. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> I'm in the goat forums, just lighting people up. Uh, no, but you know, you you get excited to learn, and and it's it's cool, and it's and it's new, and um, you know, and then with when we got the alpacas, I mean, that's just a whole nother you know newness and learning about their breed and their family of breed and and how to best take care of them and um i'll tell you one of the most rewarding things and this is a part i was kind of hoping i get to talk about is the time i get to spend with these animals let me tell you something we need to slow down as like a people on this planet and like take in like nature and the animals and be with them I never feel more at peace than I do when I'm like just hanging out with them and spending time with them because they don't want anything from me. They just, they're just happy that I'm there, you know? And like, how rare is that to get? Like, it feels like everywhere you go in life, someone needs something. Someone has, and we're yeah. usually really happy to help and it's great, but sometimes you just need to be. And for me, like, that's my place I can go and just like be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you're being with these animals, right? Yeah. I kind of want to, I don't want to stick on it too much. Because I don't want to make it a thing, but what is what is your? Is it like, hey, I'm having a rough day. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna be with the animals. Is it? I mean, exp- explain that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, is it? I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna. And I know this sounds terrible. Work on the animal. I, right. I'm coming from mechanic mind, right? Where yeah. I'm no, like, no, no, no. I know you're saying. Day, I need to go out and I need to work on you the car. Do, what do you yeah. do? Do you do you just? stare at them <laughs> dude you're, dude that's such a good question man men who stare at goats dude now that you're gonna get into some maybe this starts to talk to me it's, it kind of gets into the philosophy of things right uh, this is exciting because uh i don't think we've gone too philosophical on the show and i'm i'm pretty excited because yeah. one everything that tyler spouts i feel like is is some kind of Greek philosophy <laughs> nonsense kind of stuff. So I'm very excited. So. All right, you're right. All right, I pro- I'm not like a philosopher, but really, it's the animals that are training us. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, I say takes large rip kind of stuff that I get when I'm, uh, you know, taking a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and going into the mountains right. and coming back ten hours later. <laughs> no, uh, Drew, good to hang out with you, man. It's uh, you always bring out. Uh, a little goofy side. Appreciate that. Good. Um, no, but I mean, I say that in jest, but I mean, really, I think that's part of what it is. I, when, we, when we got the alpacas, my wife said, hey, I would love to start renting them out like we were talking about and take them to birthday parties, events. Uh, photo shoots are really big. They're in lots of family photos here in Utah. <laughs> Um, and so I would like to see some of those photos. We, to be quite honest, we, look, I will. I'll, uh, I'll plug my wife's uh, Instagram. It's at Peppergrass Ranch, all one word: P E P P E R G R A S S Ranch R A N C H. That means I can spell. Look at me. Um, this show is brought to you by. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, what we're ta- oh, we were talking about uh, training these guys, um, and so when we when we decided we wanted to do that, um, first. I'll give my wife a lot of credit. She was very selective on the animals that we got. Um, looked kind of for their nature, because not all, all alpacas can kind of do what we wanted for them to do. Um, and so we got them, and um, we hired a trainer. And as time has gone on, like I was saying, I'm kind of joking, you're training them and you're teaching them, but they're teaching you so much more about, <laughs> we are not patient. Let me tell you, man, when something doesn't work, 
We as human beings do not like it. And animals are not going to work on our schedule and our time. These guys, macaroni and cheese, my buddies, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's all serious, so I say that. Um, They have taught me more about patience. Um, When I spend time with them, and even if I'm just standing out there with them, I feel like now they're talking to me. Like it's how their ears are moving, how they're how they're breathing, where they're looking. They might alert a certain way. Like that for me, I think it's like I'm kind of forming this. Uh, I don't want to call it brotherhood, but this connection. Um, and I think that is the uniqueness, and that's kind of the fun part for me. Um, and like I said, you know. I'm learning more about myself and, and being with them and we take them places and um, I get a lot of joy out of sharing them and sharing about them. You know, that's why I was glad you brought this up. I'm going, oh, Drew knew this was a topic I want to talk about because I, I truly enjoy them and um, seeing people that go, I've never seen that before. I've never experienced that before. Like that feeds me uh, just as a human being, like being able to, to, to have that. That's um, yeah, been fun. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, when you go out to these animals, mm-hmm. and when you uh, shear them, mm-hmm. or collect their eggs, or uh, I don't know, you, you do the same thing with a goat, you just shear them? Yeah, we shear yeah. them. Okay. Yep. You okay. got it. All right. I mean, that in itself is its own task, its own hobby, its own, it's all part of the, the collective bundle of what you're getting into and everything. Right. Is there something that you go out there and you're just like, <sighs> God I hate this. Like, fuck this. Oh, every day. No, th- I okay. mean, look. No, I mean. <laughs> You're talking about, like, you know, I, you go out there and, like, mind meld with these creatures, which yeah. is beautiful. But, I mean, nitty-gritty-wise of it, my sister used to have horses, and I hated mucking their stalls. Right. It's, it's, it's terrible, right? It's the You know, and I think that... I almost wonder if that's why I enjoy the mind melding that you're talking about so much is because I also do so much of the work. And I understand yeah. that, like, what it takes yeah. to take care of them. But, like... No, there are definitely, um, there are nights, you know, in the fall where we will have just sheared them thinking, okay, we've got like a month of growth on their fiber before it gets cold, right? And you're thinking, okay, they're fine. It snows because it's Utah. Those days and weeks are hard because, you know, you're trying to take, you're out there putting coats on them and then they take them off and you're trying to make sure they're okay. You're up all night and it's like having a bunch of newborns, right? And again, maybe that's why the affinity kind of grows over time. You, You start to care for them like they're your own kids. And I mean, just yesterday, the alpacas were inside. They were supposed to go, we were doing a rental. The weather turned on us as we all know, and it started to snow and, and we, we, uh, moved it and um so i had already gotten them all cleaned up and i was like i'm just gonna bring them inside and so brought them inside for (laughs) inside the house inside the house yeah in the (laughs) living room laid them down um pictures and video are on instagram and um you just got a follow from the one ounce poor also that's right that's right (laughs) right. thank you for that follow uh now i can go home champion so i'm doing you just tell your wife like at least three listeners are going to maybe look at your Instagram page. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, man. So, hey, we've got 12. Ooh! I think I have 12 family members, so thank you all. Hey. <laughs> Everyone had to start out at 12. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody had Everyone to start had out at 12. 12. So, uh, follow-up question on all of that, because mm-hmm. this is one of, I think, my favorite questions I ask at every show, and I want to make sure to ask it to you, because I think this is going to be uh, a pretty easy answer. Has your hobby ever gotten you into trouble? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for sure. 
luckily never with like any you know clients or anything you know bad but like for sure like during trainings especially early on um you know i've been kicked i've been uh rolled on i've been you know uh hit in the head with their head because you know they want to use it as like a helicopter kind of thing um you know but um I'm trying to think of anything that's like safe for me to say. When uh, oh again, yeah. there's no like yeah cap on safety here. Go ahead and yeah. Let me tell you about the time that we got the boys um, uh, gilded, is what Ooh, it's called, or yeah. gilded, uh, right. which is being castrated. Oh. Yeah. Um, and uh, we Tom went, and I are both in that club. Actually, you I, are too am, because you suggested the doctor I went to. So yeah. oh, you went to yeah. the same doctor I went to for absolutely, my man. Absolutely. We're oh. all gilded. Oh, dude. I feel like we're in a club together. Like, yeah, we're the, same the, the gilded club. We need patches. Like, yeah, the gilded. I don't know if we want to be with the name of the doctor on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Tom went to some like one stop in Tijuana, so he's not part of our club. Hey, hey, hey. I, I actually the guy that I went to. I think he labels markets himself as Utah's vasectomy doctor, <laughs> and I was like, that's the guy. If you're gonna go that far and say this is my thing. That's yeah. the guy I want snipping on me. So sorry, we're 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 tangenting back. Uh, you had your boys gilded. So have, so we we, we uh, went up wait, to, but real quick, same doctor came uh, out to your farm and <laughs> on me. Yeah, same. <laughs> no, no, came out to do your alpacas too. Actually, funnily enough, Family I do have discount? a question. Do you do that yourself? Because when I was a kid working on a farm. We had to capture the cows there, there are some animals that people do themselves. Luckily for me uh, and alpacas, no. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, we ended up going up to our uh, vet, Dr. Wright, up in Park City. She's honestly one of the most premier like vets for large animals and stuff around. Like We're so lucky to have her um, this close. Went up there, get the boys all set up. You know, they kind of got them situated in this kind of stocks type thing to kind of keep them where they are but um largely it's you know it's just local anesthesia and so my responsibility is to hold the head um and while they're all back there which you know kind of a, a little bit of a badge of honor just because you know they trust me and i can be that close to their faces um but uh so we got cheese done uh and we did cheeses first because he is like so chill he is like the chill alpaca like he's just gonna he didn't even feel anything didn't flinch macaroni is our alpha he did not like this process (laughs) 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 he he was not he was not does anybody like this process you know i don't think anyone enjoys it when we're going through it Mm. i think that afterwards certainly you know the benefits Um, and uh poor macaroni just didn't understand that and so he, uh, again, he's the alpha, and so he kind of feels the need to always be alert and available for his pal Cheese. Like, it's kind of, that's kind of the deal. They're, they're bonded. Okay. Um, and so, um, but Macaroni was not having a good time, uh, and he did not like something, and he decided to let out a little bit of spit um, for the first time ever, and the last time, first and last time, and it went all over me. <laughs> Oh. From from I mean it kind of covered top of head all the way you know down my side, and um, uh, anyways everyone it was it was funny because everyone like paused when he did it and everyone was staring at me, and the vet doesn't know me like super well you know or anything like that and she yeah. was really concerned I was gonna get like mad she was like this guy <laughs> is gonna lose it oh it's just like, the mustache I'm, I'm, and the hair I mean, and everything I'm just I'm such an uh, aggressive looking guy. Uh, <laughs> unapproachable and uh, dimples and all and uh so anyways 
they're looking everyone stops they're looking at me it's like dead silent yeah i think even macaroni is looking at me like uh what are you gonna do to me and um i just start laughing because i mean it was one of the funniest things but i mean i'm covered in in his spit um and so to answer your question in a long way that's probably about the most trouble or or anything i've ever gotten into i like it though i mean of all the stories you know yeah that's a good one yeah Yeah, absolutely thomas I feel like uh, I don't even want to know the answer to that question for you with your hockey dad, but um, you know, did you bobby knight some poor kids? I've never bobby knighted a poor kid. Um, there's been as kids get older, like when they're younger, it's just you know everybody's out there ah, having a great time. <laughs> yeah, let's have fun. As competition starts to go up and you go up those age divisions, I mean, and I'm coaching house league. I'm not coaching anything. They're not playoffs. It's just, hey, go out there, learn the sport, have fun. Right. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen like coaches just start yelling at each other from bench to bench. And then once that happens, you always get a call from the guy who's over it at your facility. He's like, all right, we need to run down this. What happened? And so it's parents. I will say this, though. Hockey parents have a notorious reputation for being like, oh, my kid's Wayne Gretzky. It's like, no, the kid's not. But everybody I've coached, they've been super chill. The most trouble I've ever gotten into is when you start yelling at the coaches and then the money that you drop into gear. That's kind of a little bit. But most of the time, it's if coaches are cool with each other, it's okay. Yeah. But if you're coaching like two different teams like I did, there was one assistant on my team and then there was another assistant on one of the teams that I was coaching against. And we and he was coached with me on one side and then coached against me on the other, and yeah, things kind of got a little bit awkward there <laughs> after because when they're in bantams, that's when they can start checking, and you're like light number ten up, and you're like I don't care if you get a two and ten, light them up, and then that's kind of when things start to. Get some little... coaches and some parents aren't going to always love that no, necessarily, but not. but you know what? We're here to learn the game. I, you know, my uh, my oldest daughter plays junior jazz basketball. Oh, love it! It's great. I. She learns the game. In fact, I love her team and the coach. It's fantastic. Um, but let me tell you something, man. Every weekend. And my daughter's team is good. And so because they're good, it tends to, you know, other parents and coaches do not like that. There's always a run-in. Always. And it's just and, – and, and it's like, always. look, guys, we're, we're teaching these kids the same as you are, you know. Like we're not going to tell them to let off. And also it's a game. Yeah. It's just – I mean, this, they're not getting scholarships you know yeah funny thing not though, at that level <laughs> she's 11 <laughs> the funny thing is though from all of the like comp games that i've gone to parents chill out it's like those lower levels that's when they're like Rah! and then they get up there they're like okay well we got a tournament next it's, weekend you know it's gotta be something to do with like parents of kids that are good i think they acknowledge like okay my kid is good and as they go up it's gonna they won't always be yeah, the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods, you know, whatever. Right, and maybe there's so because there's got to be some psychological thing because I agree, I've seen it where the <laughs> it's like their four year old soccer game. You're like, look, man, it ain't happening it's, here. It's fine. <laughs> like, just let it go. Like, <laughs> it's fine. They all touched the ball with their hands. Like it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm t- look, if I have another parent complain about like traveling, and it's like. This is basketball, and their kids, man, they're gonna travel a lot. Yeah, like they are gonna walk that they're bad gonna boy. Hold that thing. They are gonna hold that thing, and they're gonna double dribble, and then they're gonna shoot an air ball right out the, off the sideline. I mean, you know, they're oh yeah, <laughs> like that's just. But uh, yeah, 
I, I mean, look, like we started out saying, I love engaged parents, though. Oh, yeah. Like you, man. Once they're getting it, out it there and making it happen. happen. You, need to, you need to have that level, but then you need to find where you cap it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the key that a lot of parents, and who am I to say? I have not seen, like, you know, my daughter's five. Right. There's oh, you're been getting nothing, ready for oh, it then. Oh, oh it's I, coming. I, I'm it's ramping coming, up. Buddy. I'm going to take a bunch of pre-workout and just go to the first one. <laughs> Huh. We'll, <laughs> we'll get the bail money ready, me and Tom will. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll got it. we got you. <laughs> we got you. It, yeah, and I, I don't think I'm going to be that parent, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's going to be a level where I'm going to be like, someone's going to check my daughter elbow or something like that, mm-hmm. that I might stand up and I might give a look. I'm very into giving looks. I'm not into mm-hmm. yelling. I'm not a big fan of that, but I'm very into it. Like, they'll go to kids bounce parks or whatever and they'll be bouncing around and you know some kid will kind of bounce weird i'll just like give him the look like Mm -hmm. you better watch it bud right all right you ever been double bounced out of the gym (laughs) i will do it (laughs) but you know what though i will say this as a coach sometimes the yelling helps like there was one time when my i think it was my 10 year old kid that was just not playing well I took a marker, I threw it down, and it exploded into a million pieces, and all the kids were like, okay, guys, time, time to pick it up, coach. Oh, know, he, he was serious. You know, I, I got to say, my peewee football coach that um, I had the entirety of my peewee football career, Coach Bob, and he was the coolest coach in the world. Like, he took this job 150% serious. We were, for all intent and purposes, the Green Bay Packers, and he was Coach Lombardi. Like, he was just 100% devoted to our team. He used to make us these amazing ceramics, like big old ceramic snake for the hardest hitter. Like, dude, <laughs> I and I... It. No, no I joke. I love it. No That's joke. Awesome. I still freaking have them. Like, I, I have them boxed up in this basement. Like, I, I will show them to you. These, these are legit the coolest things I've ever had as, as a human on this earth. But he used to do also like he would get nuts on it. Like he would have he would uh, tape Twinkies to our hit bag and have us like hit the Twinkie and like everybody gets all riled up and stuff. He used to break clipboards over you, his knees. You know what that tells I've me? Done that a few times. You know what that tells me about that guy though? He was thinking about that stuff before oh, he got there. Dude, he was he was thinking about the kids and going, oh, yeah. "How can I make this a great experience?" This like, guy we don't have loved, enough of those guys. He loved yeah. being a peewee football coach and his son. Bless his son. I mean, he took a brunt of that for sure. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine being the guy that's to test out all those ideas? Like, uh, son, I'm going to tape all these Twinkies to you, and we are going and then I'm going to run at you. And, when and I'm you done, know, your mom will be there. You know what? His son was a was an awesome. He was a great football player for Pee Wee's. I guess I have no idea if he really was that good, but um, I always felt like he was good. He was Coach Bob's son, right? But he never got preferential treatment. Like you know, Coach Bob was about the entire team. He loved us as much as he loved our son. And the reason we know that is we could see the look in his eyes <laughs> of like, but dad, I'm your son. That's, I was going to say, as being a coach, you're harder on your kids. Like I have no problem grabbing my kid's face mask, pulling him two inches away and screaming at him. I will not do that in any way, shape, or, oh, I'll give the kid a pat, be like, hey, right. good steal, or whatever, but I will not grab a kid and it, scream into it, his it's face. It's the relationship, and you also know what he can take. 
Oh yeah. Right? I well, mean, that's uh, such a part of it. And I've had my kids personally take off his helmet, throw him, and be like, "Fuck you, Dad! I am done." I'm like, "Okay, we both need to back off here." That's coach to you. Yeah, like, that's pretty much what you have to say. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, segueing out of that. <laughs> Into even Tom just beating these peewee <laughs> kids every peewee single kids. weekend. Right? They're He's trying gonna... to escape these tough home lives. <laughs> I hate they are. They can go anywhere because Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm never getting invited back. No, absolutely. Oh, you are going to be may, You may be a per- permanent guest here, man. <laughs> so, again, trying to segue, pull us as far away from that as possible. Uh, has my hobby? No one ever asked if my hobbies get me in trouble. Thanks, Tom. Uh, well, good, good co-hosting here. Well, well I, I was going to say, man, like you always like we kind of just go for it. So we know. Did your hobby ever get you into uh, trouble? Oh man. Okay. Well, hey, since you asked, Tom. Um, yeah, it, it has. I'm going to go with a very specific story because obviously wrenching on your own vehicle can get you in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you're doing and you pull your PCM out and it doesn't do all the things cars or, should or, do. Or if you don't even know what a PCM is. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> so um, mine was actually a bad business deal, I think is the best way to put it. So in college, I bought and restored a 1975 Honda XL 350, and I thought this was the coolest bike ever. Um, I put a lot of time, a lot of energy into it. I actually went out and bought a paint gun. I had an air compressor. I painted the tank. I bought all the original Honda graphics. I was so stoked to finish this bike, and I finished it, and I rode it around, and I thought, this is really cool, but it wasn't a big leader street bike. And I felt like that was the next progression. I had all these small Hondas. I had the XL350, which was like one of the biggest bikes I owned at the time. And all stuff you've worked for and like had to just... Yeah, and just literally, I mean, these things were like barn finds, you know, just rusted. I was going through the wire wheel on the entire thing. And I spent probably, my whole thing was it had to be under a year and it had to be under a grand on everything. And usually, I, I nailed that. Like it was like five hundred bucks for the total build, yeah. or it was seven hundred bucks for the total. But this one took a little bit more effort just to get it to where it was. Um, I paid people to chrome stuff. I mean, I, I went full bore on this guy, and I, I'm almost embarrassed to share this story. So I had a guy, and this is this is Oregon. So I had a guy in Oregon. And he reached out, and he, I had it on Craigslist, and he did the traditional. Well, what if I trade you some bikes? And I, I always had the idea of don't ever trade a bike for a non-running bike because that doesn't make any sense. So he had two 1980 Honda Nighthawk 700Ss. And if you know bikes, you're instantly like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> but these are cool bikes. They're inline four. They're 700cc. The oil runs through the frame. Like they're really cool bikes. Um, and he said, both of them are non-running. So I instantly said, I'm out. I don't want to deal with that. You know, I, I need at least one running bike, but he had two of them. Mm. Sweetening the pot right out of the gate. So I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested. I, you know, I need cash. I'm in college and all this other stuff. And he said, well, what if I add 700 bucks on top of it? And I was like, sold, done, whatever. You don't even have to twist my arm. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'll use that 700. I'll get one of these bad boys running. Exactly. No big deal. I knew where your brain went. Oh, yeah. I, and I'm thinking I have an entire parts bike 
whatever parts I don't strip off of this thing, I'll sell the parts bike. I'll make at least 300 bucks. Where would you sell it on, though? eBay Motors is one of the best places you can sell. (laughs) Thank you for that. Any kind of parts. Any kind of bike. I'm going to force Andrew to just product plug me. You know what? And here's the thing, Tyler. I don't. I don't know who we need to talk to. I've been like, okay, I work for eBay Motors. I need to use them as a sponsor, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of afraid to say, you know, eBay Motors is a sponsor of this. This is the guy you need to talk to. He's not, though, and that's the... (laughs) He's up there, though. So we're starting this process. I probably. Oh. So anyway, I buy this bike. I get all the parts. I'm super excited about it. I don't buy it. I trade it. And I'm, I'm super excited, right? And I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this bike out, and I'm going to sell it. So I, I crack into the bottom end, which is where the crank is, which is what all the pistons attach to. And the thing is split right in the middle. So you have two cylinders, two cylinders, not connecting. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. How could this happen? Like, what? I got a parts bike with a full motor. Bottom end out of that one, split right in half the entire crank on the second bike so this guy probably had the same thought i'm gonna buy these two bikes i'll use the parts bike i'll put it all back together and then he saw my dumbass on craigslist and was like i am going craigslist is not a sponsor of the show by the way craigslist is the worst place to do any kind of business at all who any even who is craig who, who even uses that get that out of here so man. dumb if That's i like- was an intelligent person i would have sold those bikes on ebay motors Go to ebay.com, click on the eBay Motors tab, see the drop-down. You can buy any vehicle you want. You know that a car sells every three minutes on eBay Motors? Did you know that, Tom? Drew, you're being about as subtle as a uh, baseball bat to the head here, bud. (laughs) This man is giving me his entire sales pitch right now. Oh, my God. This is excellent. Anyway. I I don't own a car dealership here, bud. Sorry, I can't help you out here. But but have you ever thought about opening one? Oh, God, no. (laughs) We should should grassroots to people now where we're like, instead of selling to dealers, let's sell to people that have the mindset of a dealer and then get them to buy a dealership, put their entire life on the line. (laughs) I used to do that with dealers in Texas, except for I would try to convince their general managers and their top salespeople. I'm like, you know how to do this, man. You could open up your own thing. And I'm not kidding. There were a bunch that did and are doing really well. So I kind of feel like, uh, you know. I mean, you are the man when it comes to that kind of stuff. Here I am strong-arming people just so I can get a couple extra deals. But, I mean, if their life is changing in the positive, I guess that's good. There you go. Yeah. So, anyway, going back to the track we were on somewhere at some point. Um, Yeah. So, I I basically got super fucked by having uh, two bikes that did not run. Mm -hmm. And, Yeah. It was, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience um, for a couple reasons. One, I mean, I had $700 out of the deal, and I sold each of those parts bikes for like 200 bucks a pop. So I still like maybe broke even on the bike, but I didn't have that beautiful Honda XL350 that I worked so hard on to make this bike what it was, and that guy had it. And I think the worst part about it was I'm on Craigslist every day back when I was – now I'm on eBay Motors every day. But back when I <laughs> – I just can't get but away from it. But it is true, though. You so are. I, did, I mean, did, you're did, I, did I mention that uh, this is my boss's boss? 
<laughs> so anyway, no, but I was on Craigslist like every day looking at different bikes to purchase and fix up and stuff. And I fucking saw that bike. Guy was selling it. And he had some like lame ass backstory like, oh, I bought this for my wife and she ended up not wanting to ride it and blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's my bike. It's my bike. Did you buy it back? I should have, but he was asking way too much money for it. And uh, it wasn't there like three weeks later, so I hope that, you know, it just exploded and he couldn't sell, you know, sell it at all. But <laughs> that is my, uh, that's, that's, has my hobby ever got me in trouble? Thanks for asking, Tom. Happy to do it for you, bud. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. You took one look at that and said, I will never financially recover from this. Oh, my God. It was, that was one. And, you know, I think I financially was fine from that. I think emotionally that you had gotten beat. I, I got, I got had. Oh, this guy got yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's something you know. This guy looked at the cranks and was like, oh, I'm, "I'm done. I, I got washed on these bikes." And then he got me to trade them for him. And then he's like, "Oh, sucker! You got got, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> I bet you won't do it again, though. Yeah, absolutely. I bet, I bet you would check something out a little bit further. So I mean, hey, life lesson learned. Absolutely, for absolutely. Under a thousand bucks, so. right? Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't a bad getting beat on my own game but it, it was enough yeah. it was enough to make me feel it so yeah in uh getting into the the whole aspect of what happens when that happens because it happens right yeah you just gotta take take it on the chin you do and yeah. just gotta walk away from it you know i mean let's look at let's look at all of our hobbies here right are there gonna be times when you're financially gonna go oh fuck me yeah of course uh-huh. That, I think, is the whole point of a hobby. Because every single person that we have interviewed thus far, which has been three, (laughs) has told us their hobby story where they have explained what has happened, where they've gotten into trouble and all of that. they, They haven't had to search for these stories. They've just been stories like off the cuff. They just know them. They, oh, yeah. It's ingrained well, in their person. Something bad's gonna happen, right? I mean, it's, all the time. It's part yeah. of trying something new. I mean, that's not to get philosophical no, again, it, but that, that's yeah. freaking life, right? I mean, and yeah. if we're gonna like learn new things and become anything greater than what we're sitting here being, we're gonna have to fail a little bit. We're gonna have to like fall on our face and eat it, and even fail a lot of it. F- oh, yeah. And I think that's mostly part, that. that. I think that's part of. Finding the hobby that's right for you is is feeling a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week we talked about you know getting into like martial arts and stuff, and that's a big one where you're going to fail a lot. Last, yeah. I mean, your first one was cooking. Yeah, I'm all you know. I like cooking a lot. My mother taught me how to cook and everything. I, I really like it. There's been so many dishes that I have just been like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you run into that. You need like, to oh, you need to fail in order to get one good at a hobby but two just to prove to yourself like well got that out of the way and i think it's the people that can't accept that it's out of the way they just they stay in that spot mm-hmm. those are the people that you know that's not the hobby for them or maybe they're not going to find a hobby for them but i always suggest to people like fail right out of the gate my favorite thing and this is going back to tyler and i's uh experience and how we met and work and all that I have to get that crappy initial call out of the way for work. Like, I have to get it out of the way. Have Whether to. it's a it's a bad pitch or it's a, just a bad phone call in general. Sometimes I'll call somebody that I know and t- 
Tom can speak to this experience. He has tons of sales experience. I, I have to call somebody that I know will, one, pick up, and two, I really don't care about them. Like, <laughs> You're like, if I lose this, it's okay, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it, it, it's right. Monday morning. Tomorrow morning, I will definitely call that person, and I will definitely, uh, hey, this is Drew with eBay Motors, and I will fail. And it's okay because it's going to set up the rest of my week. Scratch got it out of the way. And that's the same thing going and working on a car. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pick that bolt that I know is going to be a bear. And I'm going to break my knuckles trying to get that bolt off. But you know what? I didn't pick the first four bolts. Those are going to be the easy ones. That's what I'm going to you know, sit back and have a beer and do the rest of those. It's always you got to get that one out of the way. And if there was ever a suggestion I could give anybody onto doing a hobby, get that one rusted out bolt out of the way first yeah get that don't don't run from the hard stuff exactly right. just, well, just get it just run do right it into it because then after that it's it's coasting season man like get the crappy rooster <laughs> no doubt about it i mean you know how i mean creating a business that like where you're renting alpacas and doing stuff i credit my wife hugely i mean she really is the one that runs and, and does all this stuff a lot we've had a lot of missteps you know we've we've eaten a lot of uh you know or we've done free rentals or things that shouldn't have been free and they were or things don't work out and you go it's part of it yeah but if it's really what something that we want to do and part of the dream we're gonna just got, have to suck it up you and know? it's it's yeah. not a money thing either it's that's the thing that people yeah. forget is they think like oh well you can fill it a hobby because you know you have a, you have money you this is your second thing or whatever it's not though I think that sometimes failing at a hobby when you don't have money or you are starting out the hobby and you don't have a lot of patience for it, that's, I mean, everybody listen to our first show. <laughs> exactly. You can listen to my first listen, podcast. Listen to, our, a, yeah. listen, to, listen to this show. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's something that Tom and I have sat around and talked about for way too long. And then finally I was like, we're doing it. And you know how many idiots are sitting in their garage saying we should do something like that and they're never going to do it but yeah you're doing it man one and thing I, uh, I i definitely appreciate about tom and you know just a little brag and i feel like i brag about all of my my guests so much you're Tom's good about that that's what keeps crying, us coming right <laughs> <laughs> but one thing i gotta brag about with tom is uh tom is a yep kind of guy it doesn't matter there's there's two people that i f- for sure count on in my life for that and it's tom and it's brandon who was our first show? That just don't. Those are the guys to that say, "I'm yeah, I'm down. Yeah, what yep. do you need? Hey, let's yep. go. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. I love that. I mean, Tom and I have almost started a, a chicken cart. We've almost started a, uh, a Drew's Brews Cruise. Yeah, we almost <laughs> we. Uh, I literally went and looked at a legit tour bus. Yeah. The dude drove me around in the bus, and I called Drew. I'm like, "How are we financing this, man? Yeah. Mm. Let's do it." Is this so? Is this podcast kind of the first? This is for, for the both of you together for, into something. Yeah, for real. This is like the first. Like we finally just been like, you know what? We're done. We're doing this. I, Let's do this. I would. I would bet my restricted stock. I get <laughs> that this won't be the last thing you guys do, and this probably won't be the final evolution of what you're doing here. But the fact that you started something where most people won't, yeah. and most people are afraid to jump into it, it's gonna. It'll be fruitful. Maybe not in the way you think. Maybe, but maybe it will be in the way you think. I don't know. Maybe. But but you did something. And most people, I'm telling you, that is like the Achilles heel of the generations that we're living amongst is most of them just are too afraid to get out. And honestly, yep. like I, I tell this to a lot of people, unfortunately. They're probably sick of hearing it. Find somebody like Tom. 
find somebody like your wife. I mean, like, you're right. lucky enough to marry your wife, but... Oh, so <laughs> you're telling me, <laughs> right? No, see, one thing I appreciate about Tyler is he's on the exact same level I am, where we're both like, what? How did we... Yeah, I know, yeah. right, brother? Like, I know, right? I don't even... I'm still not sure. We both batted way out of our out of our out of our league. Um, so I would definitely say find somebody that is is your yes man or your yes woman or your yes person that is super willing and down to do just that initial baby step forward. Or and that's a hobby thing right. too. Be that person for someone else. If yes. you say you know what, because yep. look, yep. I'm the kind of person where I can be happy doing so many different things. I'm just. <laughs> Maybe it's just being a guy. I don't know. But, like, I just feel like I can do whatever and be mostly happy. But I've found that I'm really good at helping my wife, like, reach her goals and her dreams and, like, take that next step. And so I know, I don't know, there's this other level of that um, that kind of comes with it. So I don't know where I was going with that. No, and I think no. you're you're kind of spot on the money there where yeah. you're, you, that's that's the hobby lifestyle, you know? Right. Not the hobbyist. Not the, the hobbyist. Hobby as Thomas now. makes sure to continuously promote, apparently hobbyist right. means something. Run, run a joke there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> means something call completely different. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get the callback aspect, but it, it, it's something that I think hobbyist is just the word. So on that beautiful note, I think we are about done with this show. And uh, we don't have outro music, so instead, I'm just going to say, uh, let's all clink our glasses. I appreciate everybody being here for the show. This was, and I say this every show, <laughs> and I mean it. And this is what's so exciting about this show. Every single show is one of my favorite shows. Every single guest I have is one of my favorite guests. And the reason for that is, again, I'm amazing. I surround myself with amazing people with amazing hobbies. That's the whole fucking reason I'm doing this shit. And, uh, yeah, tune in next week for our surprise guest that we have no idea who it's going to be. <laughs> Fine by the state of our pants, dude. That's right? how we do it. Thanks for joining us on The One Ounce Pour, a show about hobbies. <laughs>